Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that, honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. January 2006, Cincinnati, Ohio. Three-year-old Trustin Blue was rushed to the hospital after supposedly suffering an accidental fall down the basement stairs of his home. His mother's boyfriend, Lamont Hunter, had been babysitting and said he witnessed Trustin's fall. However, after being thoroughly examined by doctors, the true cause of Trustin's injuries were discovered. Trustin's pain and suffering told a horrific story one that no three-year-old should ever have to experience. This is Trustin's story. Trustin Blue was born September 12, 2002, to mother Lasmilda Blue. It is not clear who Trustin's father was, nor that of his two older brothers, Tyree and Tyrell. Soon after Trustin's birth, Lasmilda became sick, A family friend, Wilma Ford, began taking care of Trustin. He lived with Wilma and her older daughter, Amber White, five or six days a week, and this would continue until Trustin's death. Late 2003, Lasmilda entered into a romantic relationship with a man named Lamont Hunter. Hunter was a construction worker with several children to previous relationships. By all accounts, he was a great father and stepfather in these relationships, with no allegations of any abuse. Hunter did have a difficult childhood. His father was an alcoholic who beat him and his siblings. However, Hunter was adamant to his former partners that he did not want to continue this cycle. Lasmilda and Hunter got serious very quickly. He moved in and became a primary carer to the three boys. The couple also had a child together, a daughter they named Trinity Hunter, who was born before their first anniversary. January 30th, 2004. 18-month-old Trustin was taken into emergency at Cincinnati Children's Hospital because he was unable to put pressure on his left leg. X-rays at the hospital would show that Trustin had a broken leg. Hunter told doctors he was holding his stepson and he had fallen down some stairs and had landed on him. And the doctors believed Hunter, as Trustin's injuries seemed consistent with this and no further action was taken. Trustin was released back into his mother's care with instructions on how to care for her son's broken leg. Trustin would return to the same emergency six months later, on June 9th, 2004. Lasmilda would tell doctors that two-year-old Trustin's lips and penis were swollen. She'd also noticed some marks on his head and face. Lasmilda told doctors she had no idea how her son got these injuries because she had been at work all day and Trustin was in the care of her partner, Hunter. And that when she left that morning, 
She did not notice anything wrong with her son. He had no injuries at all then. The doctor who examined Trustin, Dr. Kathy Makarov. She noticed that Trustin had a swollen upper and lower lip, an abrasion on one of his ears and a scratch on the ear canal itself. Trustin had bald patches. Now, it's not unusual for a child Trustin's age to not have much hair. I've seen kids upwards of two years old with not much hair, but that wasn't the case with Trustin. It looked like he had clumps of hair pulled out of his head. And like Lasmilda said, he had bruises on his face, down one side, and bruises to the top of his ears, and his penis was swollen with an abrasion at the base. Now, given the conditions the family were living in, doctors considered possibly some sort of bug or insect may have gotten into Trustin's diaper and bit him on his genitals, which caused the abrasion and swelling. But then again, what caused the other injuries, the bruising to his face, head and ears? Could the bugs have bitten him in the other places as well? Again, possibly. But it's the missing clumps of hair for me, and I'm sure this stood out to the doctors as well. Children are known to pull their own hair out when under extremely stressful situations. But what could have caused Trustin that much anxiety? Because of the broken leg six months earlier, doctors gave little Trustin x-rays. This was when they found even more injuries. Injuries that could not be explained away by an infestation of bug bites. He had old and new fractures to his hand and two fractures on his foot. And to get a fracture to a foot, especially a young child's foot whose bones are still quite pliable, it's not easy and unlikely from an accident by Trustin himself. This was enough red flags for doctors to think this may be a child abuse situation, and the case was referred to Children's Services and the police. The family would be assigned Hamilton County Job and Family Services investigator Tiffany Bradbury. And given Lamont Hunter was the only adult present when Trustin was allegedly injured, she interviews him. According to Hunter, he was not aware of Trustin ever being injured, especially not in his care. Although on the day Lasmilda took him to the hospital, he was walking down the basement stairs holding Trustin and had tripped, landing on the two-year-old, So maybe that's what happened. None of this sounded the least bit plausible to police and children's services. So on June 9, 2004, Trustin was removed from his mother's custody and placed into the care of his aunt, Latoya Gresham. Poor little Trustin would have no stability in his life and he'd be bounced around after this point. Late 2004, he was placed temporarily with Amber White, the adult daughter of Wilma Ford, who Trustin already had a bond, a relationship with. But just as Trustin would have had some normality, some resemblance of feeling safe and feeling secure, in June 2005, he was given back to his mother, Les Milda and Hunter, for reasons that aren't clear, possibly due to that undisclosed health condition that had her really never care for her son full-time. Les Milda would hand Trustin back over to Amber, only a week of getting custody back of him. And like before, Lasmilda would come over on weekends to take Trustin for a night or two. Amber and her mother, Wilma, noticed something concerning with Trustin's behaviour whenever Hunter was present when picking up the three-year-old for visitation. 
As soon as Trustin saw his stepfather, he would start crying, shaking and vomiting. This was an anxiety-filled, distressed baby here. It must have truly tortured Amber and Wilma to hand him over to this man who caused this child they loved and cared for so much upset. This understandable concern for the safety of Trustin would have been off the charts when only two days before his death, on January 17, 2006, Trustin told Wilma, quote, Scared of Lamont. Lamont scared. Lamont hurt Trustin. Unquote. Later on that afternoon, Wilma gave Trustin a bath and dressed him nicely for a weekend visit with his mother. Both Wilma and Amber would later report that Trustin seemed happy, talkative and healthy. And most importantly, he had no visible injuries anywhere on his body. Just on dusk, Lasmilda arrived to take Trustin to spend the weekend with her. Wilma and Amber gave the little boy a hug and kiss and I love yous. This would be the last time they would see Trustin alive. January 19th, 2006. Lasmilda left for work at 6am, with the three boys waking up around 8. Tyrell and Tyree left to stay with a friend or other relative not long after this. It's not clear exactly where they were, but they weren't present on this day. Trustin was happy and well that morning, according to Hunter, eating some breakfast and settling in for a movie. 9am. Amber called Las Milda's home to speak with Trustin. This was something that was normal. Amber would call to speak to Trustin when he was with his mother because Trustin requested it. He would ask for Amber and Wilma throughout his visits with Las Milda and Hunter. Now, I go two ways on this. If I didn't know about Trustin's extreme negative reaction being around Hunter, I would question why Amber and Wilma would call every day. Why not give Lasmilda the time to bond with her son? Allow him the time to completely rely on his mother. Give them the time to grow that relationship with the aim of returning him to his mother's care full time. However, knowing what we know... I completely understand the worry and concern these women had about this little boy's safety and well-being. Just talking to him on the phone, knowing he is okay, it would have provided them some sense of relief until the next day when they were that much closer to getting Trustin back. He had that attachment to Amber and Wilma. They had been his primary caregivers his whole life. And as I said earlier, at three years old, Trustin was very much still a baby. He was still learning he was his own person, but still needing that reliable adult or adults in his life to guide him. That was Amber and Wilma for him, and being removed from them those one or two nights a week would have affected him, especially being in the presence of someone in particular that caused him to throw up and wet himself just by sight. That morning, Trusted and Amber spoke for around 15 minutes. Hunter was watching him as Lasmilda was at work. Trustin told Amber he was watching Jurassic Park. Being a three-year-old boy, dinosaurs were everything, and this movie would have been cinematic brilliance to Trustin, which off-topic, I concur. But what stood out to Amber during this phone call was that Trustin didn't sound like himself. His voice was shaky and flat, not his usual chatty big personality self. She tried to let it go, though, reasoned that maybe it was because Trustin wasn't used to sleeping there. 
Maybe he had a poor sleep and was simply tired. Maybe it was because Hunter was there, not his mother. Maybe Trustin was upset because of that. Amber told herself that Trustin would be fine and she would just give him extra cuddles when he got back to her that evening. It would make the world okay again. Only two hours later, Hunter would contact Luz Mildred at work. There had been a terrible accident. In a story, Hunter would later relate to doctors, children's services and the police. He'd left Trustin in the living room to watch his movie, while he took nine-month-old Trinity down the basement to do some laundry. He would have been only down there a minute when he heard running upstairs, thinking it was Trustin coming to tell him about the dinosaurs he was so excited about watching, expecting to see the little boy's wide grin at any moment. Instead, he heard a thump. Hunter would later state, he heard every thump on every step that Trustin hit as he fell down the 11 carpeted covered concrete steps, only stopping when he hit the bottom of the steps folded over with his leg on the bottom step, that he had tried to revive the little boy but was unable to. It never ceases to amaze me why. Why don't these amazingly loving caregivers call for emergency services instead of calling a partner first to get their cover story straight? Allegedly. Lasmilda has not been charged with any crime, besides of having terrible taste in men. But why call her first? If it was me... I wouldn't give him time to say anything. I'd be screaming into the phone to call for help and hanging up. Then again, I would not leave someone that makes my child vomit upon seeing them to care for them. Just saying. Lasmelda came home and called 911 at 11.21am, so 20 minutes since Trustin fell down the stairs and had been unable to be revived. She told dispatchers the same thing her partner told her, that Trustin had been hurt falling down the stairs. EMTs arrived at the home to find Trustin non-responsive and paralysed. His pulse was weak and he was only just breathing, just hanging on to life. Dr Kathy Makaroff, the same doctor to examine Trustin a year earlier, was entrusted to care for him at the children's hospital. It was immediately evident to her this was not a child who had accidentally fallen downstairs. Trustin's cause of death, a diffuse brain injury due to blunt impact or shaking injuries to the head. Trustin had a subdural hemorrhage on both sides of his brain that extended into the middle. The swelling on his brain was so severe that brain fluid had started to leak into his spinal column. Quote, The only way I can conceive of this being partially caused by a fall down 11 carpeted steps is if he'd fallen off the side of the stairs and landed on his head twice, and that still wouldn't have explained the anal injuries, unquote. Because it wasn't just the brain and head injuries. Trustin had suffered a deep anal tear. It was a new injury, only a couple of hours old, almost two centimetres in diameter. The injury was consistent with someone inserting an object into this little boy's anus. The injury was, quote, Similar to what you could produce with something like a pencil, jammed with a pencil or something sharp like that, or could even be from an angled insertion of something. CT scans showed that Trustin was brain dead. His neck was completely destroyed. There was no coming back from these injuries. Little Trustin Blue lost his life at three years old. It was clear to medical experts this was a homicide.
That very afternoon, Cincinnati police interviewed Lamont Hunter about Truston's death. For reasons I will never understand, he waived his Miranda rights to a lawyer and provided a videotaped statement. The same statement he gave many times before. Look, even if you are completely and utterly innocent, never ever give a statement to police without a lawyer present. You don't know what they're going to ask you or how they're going to twist or spin your answers. We have seen it many times before, innocent people spending decades of their life behind bars. But if you're going to be a complete monster, at least be smart. The videotaped statement by Hunter would later be used against him in court. When confronted with the idea that Truston's injuries did not fit with Hunter's version of events, Hunter replied that he, quote, did not have an answer for that, unquote and all that he would do was repeatedly say it was an accident. Hunter said the only thing he would have done differently was to remain upstairs, or to shut the basement door when he went to do the laundry. Hunter told investigators that nothing happened to Truston before the fall down the steps, that Truston had been fine the previous evening and had slept with his mum, that he would never hurt a child, and definitely did not hurt Truston by shaking him. Which is a strange thing to say. To me, that addition to his statement to police means he most certainly did shake him, in my opinion anyway. Unfortunately, we will never know what actually happened to Truston. Hunter was never any more forthcoming than that about Truston's last day alive. On the day of Truston's autopsy, Lamont Hunter was arrested, and a week later he was indicted on three counts. Aggravated murder, rape, and child endangerment. He was facing the death penalty. Hunter, of course, pled not guilty to all charges. At trial, the defence presented no trial witnesses. Instead, they chose to just give a character-building opening statement. I'm not sure why they didn't get these people to testify on Hunter's behalf, if they thought he was such an upstanding guy, but whatever. It's their defence. The defence spoke of how hard it was for Hunter growing up with an absent mother and an alcoholic father who would beat him and his siblings. But as an adult, Hunter was determined to not be like his father and worked hard as a construction worker, planning on starting his own business. That there had been no previous reports of violence towards children, both his own and stepchildren, in previous relationships. However, I have to say, we know from other cases of abuse against children We know these incidences of abuse are not always reported, and that's why I did think it was important the defence actually got these previous partners to testify on Hunter's character. I think it's very telling they did not testify on his behalf. It's just at Hunter's word, apparently. The state prosecution brought in a parade of medical experts, describing how there was no way, no how, that Truston's death was just a tragic accident that Truston had been sexually and physically abused, said Hamilton County Deputy Coroner Dr Mona Stevens, who conducted Truston's autopsy. Dr Stevens said the only way to explain Truston's brain injuries was that if Truston's head had been slammed against something, quote, with a major amount of force, unquote. Hunter did give a statement to the court in his defence, quote, My life will never be the same. Truston's life is no longer with us physically. I love Truston and I'll always love him. To me, he was my son and he will always hold that place in my heart. 
unquote. The defence chose for their case to not be heard in front of a jury, and instead it was heard before a three-judge panel, all of whom found Lamont Hunter guilty on all charges. He was sentenced to death. Hunter was also sentenced to life in prison without parole for rape, and eight years' imprisonment for the child endangerment charge. The terms will be run consecutively. Lesmilda Blue no longer has custody of her other children, who are currently in the care of extended family members. Boys who I hope are receiving lifelong therapy to deal with losing their little brother in such horrific circumstances. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music.